3: Has anybody ever asked you, how's it going, and you've been struggling, but you didn't want to say it? Have you ever been afraid to share your struggles out loud? Have you ever felt less than because you're struggling? And today on Like It Matters Radio, I want to talk about this word called struggles. Struggles. You know, the word's interesting. You know, I'm a poet by nature and I know it. But the word is interesting because it can rhyme with cuddles, (laughs) struggles and cuddles. When asked, how are we doing? A lot of people naturally respond, good. However, if we were being honest, the response would be, I'm struggling. You see, we fear uh, people's acceptance. We, We fear people's opinions and we fear telling others that we're struggling. But what if, what if we defined what it means to struggle, or let us just say redefined? What if we put a proper meaning and purpose for the word of what it means to struggle? Have you thought about that? Because we get caught up in lies. There's a lot of things in our life that we accept as truth, but they're they're bold-faced lies. And one of them is this: is that somehow we're supposed to be perfect. Somehow, um, if we're struggling, there's something wrong. Somehow, some people fall into the theology that if God's pleased with you, then things are going well. And if God's not pleased with you, that means things are a struggle. And that's not true at all. Many times in the Bible, God put people in the middle of a storm, where God put the apostles, the disciples, in a boat and took them across the way into a struggle. You know why? Because you can tell a man's religion in times of despair. See, when our back's against the wall, we know what we're made of. And today, I want to discuss... The struggle bug. Because I'm going to tell you right now, things around us are getting weird. We are now taking lies as the truth. And we are being told that truths are lies. And if that's not a struggle for you, then you might want to take a look. Because certain things should be a struggle. See, there are three zones in life. And today, I want to show you the power of understanding where you're at in these zones. There are three zones. They are called the comfort zone. They are called the fear zone. And they are called the panic zone. And this is where we spend our life. And depending on where we spend our life, truly does dictate the quality of that life. Because as we go through life, Things happen. Remember the study of logotherapy says that uh, man has a will to meaning. That through our lives, we're wanting to make sense of what we're going through. If A, then B, it's called a belief system. And Dr. Alfred Adler, who's a famous psychologist, says that by the time a child is five years old, a mere five years old, a majority of their basic structure of their beliefs in place, what we would call the map of reality. And see, that map of reality dictates everything. And so when we're outside of that map of reality, if we know who we are, if we know why we're here, if we know whose we are, then we're going to experience a struggle. Now, I'm here to tell you that that struggle is not necessarily bad. You know, in the study of emotional intelligence, we, we learn the power of emotions. And one thing I really work to teach people is emotions are neither good nor bad. It's what we do with them that gives them value. Whether it's a strong emotion in a negative manner or a strong emotion in a positive manner. What gives those emotions value is what we do with them. And so as a leader under construction, if that's your commitment, and I assume that's your commitment because you're listening to this radio show because one of the premises of this radio show of my life is about being a leader under construction, working to be a little bit better today, a little bit better tomorrow than today. In in the corporate world, we call that lean manufacturing, call it lean sigma, six sigma, all based on Dr. Deming's constant, never ending improvement, six sigma, right? It's constant, never ending improvement. How do you take a piece of equipment, a machinery, something you make, how do you make it better and less expensive, lean manufacturing. Six Sigma, how do you take a process to decrease the amount of people needed for that process and increase the profitability or, or uh, the, the potentiality of that process? Six Sigma, the greatest asset in any team is the hearts and minds of our people. So how do you take that greatest asset and make it a significant impact. And this is what we're talking about today. This is why we're called to be a struggle bug, but not stay a struggle bug. At some point, we need to make the transition a goose. And we'll explain that later. So the three zones in life. Number one, comfort. Things die in their comfort zone. And yet, most people, really what they think they want is they want to be comfortable. And uh, it's kind of like being normal. And really, people don't want to be normal. If you knew what normal was in this country, you wouldn't want to be normal. And why do you think we hold back? Why do you think we don't want to tell people we struggle? Because we want to be normal, and we don't think it's normal to struggle. And I'm going to tell you right now, the only reason it's not normal to struggle is if you're stale, stagnant, ready to die. Everything else is a struggle. Life is a struggle. You have growing pains as a kid when your leg stretch. You used to have terrible leg pains because growing is a struggle. Uh, Kids get colic as their intestines are coming in because growing is a struggle. Your teeth come in, your baby teeth fall out, new teeth come in, and it's a struggle. Your wisdom teeth come in. It's a struggle. Life is a struggle. And so we got to push outside our comfort zone because it's a graveyard. Our marriages die in our comfort zone. Our drive dies in our comfort zone. Our passion for God dies in our comfort zone. We need to be pushed out of our comfort zone because most of us will not willingly step outside of it. And so we need a little bit of Holy Spirit inspiration, Uh, a a holy angel behind us with a fork sticking our back to push us forward. And why? You know why? Because outside of our zone called comfort is a zone called fear. It's an acronym, false evidence appearing real. And this is the struggle. And I'm going to tell you, this is the battle because fear is a straw man. Fear is a liar. When you stand up to fear and you function at a high level, you're going to find out fear goes away because it's not real. The only power that fear has is the power that we give it. And so as we learn to push outside of our comfort zone, to excel outside of our comfort zone, that zone called fear that used to panic us now becomes familiar and becomes our new comfort zone. And the outside of that zone called fear is the final zone, the third zone called panic. And it's intense fear. And here's the key to life, though. You can't function out in that zone called panic. You can function for a very short period of time, but if you forge your mail, you're going to fry your adrenals. The key to life is to keep pushing your comfort zone. And if you do that, you're going to be in the zone called fear, which is going to cause a struggle. And today, unlike It Matters Radio, I'm going to tell you to do the opposite of what most people do. When most people get struggle, when they get resistance, they pull back. And today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to encourage you to push. Lean into that struggle. Push into that uncomfortableness. Because what's on the other side is a better you. What's on the other side is better relations. What's on the other side is a better future. For the God, the creator of the universe, looks you in the eye and he says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans for hope and a future. But before God ever took anybody to the mountaintop, He first took them through the valley and through the desert so they could learn how to struggle in a godly way. I'm Black. After the break, I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about.
1: I can listen to any national big personality like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey, but the way Scott Black applies... His academic approach to the average person is so much more relatable. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. On the Like It Matters radio show, Scott encompasses a 360-degree view of day-to-day life. So that obviously starts with spirituality and branches out into leadership, branches out into your workplace, social issues, family issues, local issues, national issues, political issues. If you're able to clearly see kind of where you're at, what your purpose is, everybody needs this. It is life-changing. You know Like It Matters Radio brings truth therapy.
0: Here's what you can do to help share this truth. Please call the program manager of your local radio station and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. Like It Matters Radio is radio like it matters. From Zambroda to Zambia and Detroit Lakes to some lake in Detroit, we're where you are. Stream Freedom 1570 anytime, anywhere at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. It's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. The new Salem News Channel, the greatest collection of conservative minds, all in one place. Home to the people you trust. Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Refreshingly, honest, always unfiltered. Streaming free on your TV 24-7. Intelligent analysis for intelligent people. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv.
1: If you're like most Commerce Water customers, a wet technology softener will save you 700 gallons of water and 300 pounds of salt each year. Get $400 for your old water softener, and Commerce will even haul it away. Call Commerce Water, Commerce.com. Welcome to the world
3: of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah,
1: I was I was raised in a church, uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life, and. It's really amazing. Sorry, I'm gonna get emotional, but it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like it matters unique approach allows people to see, hear, and experience leadership in motion.
3: Like it matters radio. Radio Like It Matters. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters because you matter. You know why you matter? Because there's no one else like you. Since the beginning of time, there has never been another person like you. Nobody has your smile, your eyes, your hair, your hands. Nobody owns your handwriting, your voice. In all the time, there has never been anybody who laughs in exactly your way. And what makes you laugh or cry or think may have a totally different response in another. You are the only one in the whole of creation who has your particular set of abilities. Yeah, there always might be somebody who's better at one thing or another. Maybe every person is your superior in at least one way. But nobody in the universe can reach the quality and the combination of your talents or your feelings, of your pain, of your trauma. Throughout all of eternity, no one will ever walk, talk, think, or do exactly like you. You are rare. In all rarity, there's enormous value, and because of your great value, the need for you to imitate everyone else is absolutely wrong. You happen to be special, and it's no act that you are. Please realize that God made you for a special purpose. He has a job for you to do that no one else can do as well as you can. Out of the billions of applicants, only one is qualified. Only one has the unique and right combination of what it takes and that one is you, and that one is me. But we need to struggle, struggle at a normalcy, struggle at a comfort, struggle at the bonds of the narrative of this world. I wanna read you a story, it was written in 1924, it's called A Crippled for Life, and it was from uh, Climbing Manward by Franklin H. Chile. It says, I once crippled a fellow creature for life, Ignorantly, of course, but nevertheless, effectively. You see, he was a wonderfully attractive fellow, too, in, in his bright clothes and, and would have made a great stir in his own world if I had not interfered. As it was, he turned out to be a helpless cripple and, and died in a few hours. But perhaps some of the good came out of the incident after all, for it set me thinking I could not get it out of my head for days, and I wanted to be about it. You see, it happened like this. For months, I would carefully fed what was at first a tiny striped wiggler. What an appetite he did have. He grew just like things do in fairy stories, until at last he was a magnificent full-grown worm, and, and then, after attaching his rear end to the top of his little glass cage, he deliberately chewed off his black and yellow suit and transformed himself into a lovely green and gold cristalis. Day by day, I watched that beautiful bungalow for some signs of life, how curious I was to know what sort of a creature would come out of it. And then one day, I noticed the little crystallid shaking. Finally, it split, just a tiny bit to be sure, but I was all excited. I was certain that my butterfly was going to be such a big, strong, beautiful fellow that he would easily break his winter prison wide open and emerge for my inspection. And so I watched expectantly, how the poor thing did struggle as it wanted to get out through that tiny little split. But for some reason, it it seemed to make little or no headway. It was stuck, finally growing impatient, thinking I was the kind one, I was going to help it. I I carefully tore away that crystalline and and helped as I thought that struggling insect to get an easy start in life. At least it tumbled out into my hand at last, finally, Uh, but it was a, a crumpled undeveloped thing, its lovely swallowtail wings crushed as a soft bit of silk might be crushed into a thimble. Gently I laid the helpless quivering thing in in the bright sunshine and waited and waited for it to stretch its wings and fly away. But, But it did not, it could not, it would not. In fact, it made no further effort to even unfold them. By and by it, it did move about a bit as if looking for food or nectar from a flower, but only to become motionless again and again. How disappointed I was. All those days of careful feeding and care, gone for naught, what a waste of my time. In disgust, I went to a scientific friend and told him what had happened. He, He listened gravely and then with his hand on my shoulder, he looked me in the eye and he said to me, you have crippled that poor thing for life. It will never fly among the flowers or soar into the bright sunshine. You see, you have made that impossible. Then he went on to explain in a very surprised and chagrined voice that only by long hours of struggle is it possible for an emerging butterfly to gain strength and work up sufficient circulation to expand its wings so they can fly. By making it easy, by doing the work for it, that insect, I ruined its entire future. It had no future compared to what it was made to be. You see... Struggle is a wonderful word. All of the good things that we have in the world today are the result of struggle. If men ever should cease to struggle in a surprisingly short time, civilization would slip back to barbarism. The best fruits always grow highest, and to get them, one must climb. If one would have a strong body, he must struggle physically for it. All of our team games are just an organized struggle. And how we revel in them. If one would have a strong mind, they must struggle through years and years of mental application. If one would be really good, excellent, they must fight evil forever. All development is a fight upward. It was Thomas Edison who says that genius is 99-part struggle to one-part genius. Luther Burbank says struggle is the mysterious key to the lock of success. Pick up the biography of any of our great men in the arts and science and politics and invention in any field. And you cannot but be impressed with the large part struggle has played in their lives. Read the wonderful tale of Scott in his dash for the South Pole. Read the story of Teddy Roosevelt, that that sickly, puny boy who was placed on a western ranch to struggle back to health and vigor and world usefulness. And then sit down and ask yourself, look yourself in the mirror. And ask yourself this question. Have I got that sort of scrap in me? Or am I one of those unfortunate children who has had everything in the world done for them from having their clothes picked up and have to be helped with every difficulty that happens to cross their path? Have I ever picked myself up, dusted myself off and hit again? Have I ever pulled myself up by my, by my bootstraps? Have I ever had to rely on myself because my choices got me into a deep situation and we got to decide what type of person are we going to be? You know, someone might've told us that when your houses were made of straw, you men were made of Oak. But when your houses were made of Oak, you men were made of straw. How about you? What are you? Are you so worried About the struggle that you're stuck and stale in that comfort zone. It's slowly killing you, waiting for the next shoe to fall. Story goes on to say, in these days of marvelous conveniences, are we to allow life to become so easy and comfortable and soft that all that wonderful pioneer quality that made America great among the nations is to be lost? Instead of men, is it possible that we are becoming mollycoddles? More interested in how we look than in what we are or what we can do? Goes on to say, take care if life is too easy. If there are no problems, no burdens, no loads, fatty degeneration is dangerous. Struggle is the flywheel that makes life run smoothly. Struggle is the governor that makes it possible to use the engine's power. Only the things that must be struggled for can be said to be even worth having. Who wishes to play a game when there's no opponent, no competition, no challenge, no struggle to get better, to learn Who would care to climb mountains if they were all downhill instead of up? It's the hours of tremendous struggle that enhance the view from the top. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've always been on my own. I was on my own at 16 years old, graduated high school on my own, lived with some of the biggest drug dealers in Henderson, Nevada, and never touched them at all. Graduated high school on my own, went in the Army, came back from a little bit of active duty because I was on the reserves, came back to UNLV, lived in my car while going to college the first couple of semesters because my parents lived down the street 10 miles, but I would never step in their house from the abuse I endured. See, in the process, God taught me how to struggle, how to learn how to overcome. And I believe leaders that we, we need to train ourselves to struggle. Struggle with a good mindset. God cares how we struggle. we got to see it through one day at a time, but see it through. A a person who has been wonderfully successful in developing teams of horses to move almost unbelievably loads says that he starts with them as colts by hitching them up at first to an empty stone boat. And then adding one stone after another until they can pull with ease a load that most other teams could not move out of tracks. Why? Because you practice, practice, practice. The good book says a righteous man will stumble seven times but get back up. But the wicked will struggle, will stumble into ruin. To grow as a person, we should be challenging ourselves daily. This is why we need to step outside of our comfort zone. Our comfort zones where we go to die. Our comfort zones where we go to get ready and take a look at our life as we're ready to stand before the Lord. But we are not to live in our comfort zone. We're to be constantly pushing our comfort zone. So what used to elicit fear now becomes familiar and what used to elicit panic now just becomes a little fear and once you realize that you can feel the fear and do it anyways then, then we start becoming the man or the woman that we've been created to be, and after the break I'm going to talk about the power of this process so stay tuned, we'll be right back
2: Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life
1: When you called Trinity because it was such a relief and less stress in my life, and it was the best thing I could have done for myself. Because once I called Trinity, they took care of me, and I felt such a relief a weight off my shoulders. Trinity was great to work with, they wanted to help me. I love it.
0: If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1 800 990 6976.
1: I'm Corey, and I'm debt free for keeps. 1 800
0: 990 6976.
2: To learn when you can attend the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, go to likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net.
3: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. Today, we're talking about the struggle bug. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's okay to struggle. Matter of fact, I'm going to suggest, if you're not struggling because you're not growing, And the day we're born, we're one day closer to death. Think about that. You're either looking forward or you're going backwards. Your marriage is getting better or it's getting worse. You're either getting closer to God or you're getting further away. Quit thinking you're staying the same. There is nothing staying the same. The only constant life is change. That's why I talk about the law of requisite variety. The law of requisite variety says that any element in a system with the most flexibility, has the most power, and the most control. And we are called to be that element leaders. So, yeah, you need that's what I do in my leadership training. I'm not selling you on it. I'm telling you, you need to get your butt in there because I know what's good for you. I've been doing it 31 years. I've walked intimately with 15,000 people. Go to likeitmatters.net. I got a class in Dallas uh, July 27th, the end of this month. 48 hours that will forever change your life. And then you have a class daily on the radio. It's Like It Matters Radio, right here. You can listen live anywhere in the world by going to freedom1570.com at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. I got listeners in China. I got listeners in Russia. I got listeners in India. Now I got listeners in Iran. And then the daily radio shows uplift. Then I got a bi weekly podcast every Monday, every Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Tunes, Spotify, whatever, or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Just search living life like it matters. Why? Because I believe as leaders that we're to be examples. A picture's worth a thousand words. People don't need to tell you what to do. They need to show you. And so one of the things I work to do is I work to lead by example. I share my struggles. I know it's not good for business. I've been told, no, you got to be the guru. You got to be the Tony Robbins. You got to be Jesus. You got to be perfect. There's only one Jesus, and I'm not him. And so there's only one perfect, and you're not him, and Tony Robbins isn't him, and Mother Teresa isn't him, and the Pope's not him. We all fall short of the glory of God, and every one of us needs a Savior by faith alone, by grace alone, to the glory of God alone, and it's the Bible alone, the five solas of the Reformation. But so I share my struggles to say it's okay to struggle. Matter of fact, if you're not struggling, it's because you're not growing. As a leader, we got to get outside of our comfort zones, It's a great example of leadership. Matter of fact, I heard this great example of leaders. Leaders who are willing to get in the trenches with people. Talking about a struggle. Because we all believe this certain thing about leadership. But let me tell you a great story on leadership. A story about being an example. Over 200 years ago, a man in civilian clothes rode past a small group of tired and and embattled, weary soldiers. They were digging what appeared to be an important defensive position. The leader of the group wasn't making any effort to help at all. He was just shouting orders, standing around watching, and then threatening to punish the group if that work wasn't completed within a timely fashion and riding everybody to work harder because he's the leader. The stranger on horseback asked the, the man shouting orders, why aren't you helping? Well, the man yelled back, I'm in charge. My job is to tell them what to do. And then they're supposed to do as I tell them. He added, help them yourself. If you feel strongly about it, why don't you get off your high horse and go over there and help them. To the mean leader's surprise, the stranger got off his high horse and got on his feet. He grabbed a shovel. He started digging. And he dug right along with those men until the job was finished. Before he left, the stranger congratulated the men for their work. And then he approached the leader who looked at him very confused. And he said, you should notify top command next time your rank prevents you from supporting your men. And I'm sure they'll provide you a more permanent solution, the stranger said. Up close, the now humble leader recognized who was in his presence. It was General George Washington. And he was taught a lesson he would never forget. Never ask your team to do something you are not willing to do yourself. I believe this in the bottom of my heart, people. Never ask your team to do something you're not willing to do yourself. That's one of my leadership principles. And as a leader, a lot of people feel that way. As a leader, people look up to us. As a leader, people unrightfully put us on a pedestal. Like with Tony Robbins, most people know they can never be as good looking as Tony Robbins. Most people that know they can never be six foot six or six foot eight. Most people know they can never, uh, you know, do and say and the things he does. and, And so he's put on like a God, but I never wanted to be that. There is one true God and I'm not him. I wanted people to know that it's servant leadership. It's the struggle of a leader that allows the struggle of the followers, not struggle for the sake of struggling but to think outside the box to be comfortable outside of our comfort zone to be semper gumby right yeah we should be semper fi right always faithful always fidelity semper always fi- fidelity always faithful but i'm going to suggest that right below semper fi should be semper gumby you know gumby's flexible gumby's uh, <laughs> Gumby's always uh, being pulled on, always being stretched. And Gumby start off as a little skit. And Gumby went on to become famous. There's been a couple of movies made about Gumby. How many movies have been made about you? Then millions of people laugh all over the world, maybe billions, at the antics of Gumby, of the struggles of Gumby. And yet here we are. Talking about Gumby. And let me ask you, are you living your life in such a way that almost 100 years after someone thought of you, people are still talking about you? See, leaders, never ask your team to do something you're not willing to do. And one of those things is never ask your team to struggle. You should want people that want to do better, that work are to be a little bit better day than yesterday, a little bit better. You should want people that are around going to go ahead and you can delegate to are going to learn from their mistakes. There's something called failing forward. And people are afraid to step outside their comfort zone because they're afraid of failure. They're afraid that people think they're a fraud. They're afraid of not being good enough. See, underlying most people is this deep desire, this wall that I want to be liked. And so as a leader, you've got to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You should be uncomfortable being comfortable. Matter of fact, in my leadership training, two and a half days, I will change your life forever. Go to likeitmatters.net, read about it. I'll be in Minneapolis uh, at the uh, beginning of September, I think it is. But you're going to struggle. It's a good struggle. Because what happens is, as we goes through life, things get attached to us. And we become less than we are. See, it's the smelting process. See, there's three things in the smelting process. There's flux, and flux is something that is a process that allows for the melting of metals. Dross. Dross is scum. Dross is unwanted material that forms on the surface of a molten metal. It's waste. It's foreign matter. I'm going to tell you right now as we go through this world, especially if you're a child of God, you're a foreigner in a strange land. They worship different gods in this land here. They worship Moloch. Abortion on demand, that's what Moloch is, if you don't know that. They worship Ishtar. Ishtar is the transgender, homosexual. I mean, the temple priests of Ishtar. We're looking at today's gay parade. That's what they looked like thousands of years ago. It's nothing new, it's very old. It was part of the religious ceremonies. They would sleep with other, the same sex, and they would pretend to be the opposite sex and, of course, sleep with the same sex. It's nothing new. It's 1,000 years old. And then Baal. Baal. Baal the bull. Beelzebub. That's where the name comes from. It just sounded like it, so it started to become Beelzebub. Baal the bull. That's what it says. It's just another God that controls everything other than the God of the Bible. And see, there's Flux. And there's dross, but there's also something called precious. And see, the smelting process, the fiery furnace, is that you take this precious thing, this gem, that has had dross attached to it, and the precious is us. And we go through his life and we have dross attached to us. And so we have hitchhikers, we have things, we have pain and hurts, structured belief systems from the past based on trauma and drama we went through. And so now we're only a, a slight potential of what we could be. We're settling for good enough, good enough to get by, good enough for government, good enough that he or she doesn't walk out the door and take the kids with them. And so we're in this comfort zone that's, st- that's stagnant, that we're dying in. And so we need something to throw us in the fiery furnace. That's why go to likeitmatters.net. Let me throw you in the fiery furnace. For your benefit, struggle to overcome the old stuff that's not you. Struggle to become the new you. Struggle to let go of the past. Struggle to be the best version of yourself. And so what we do is you put, it's called leadership awakening. That's called the flux. And then we bring you in this precious that has all this dross. And then we put pressure on you. And that pressure liquidates that metal. Why not to be mean so that you can separate that which is of great value from that which is of no value. And what comes out of the fiery furnace is a complete, precious you. That's what we mean by there's only one you. And it was a great, great, great civil rights leader said, it must be borne in mind that the tragedy of life does not lie in not reaching a goal. The tragedy of life lies in having no goal to reach. Not failure, but low aim is Sin. It isn't a calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled, but it is a calamity not to dream. Every man and woman is born in the world to do something unique, something distinct, and if he or she does not do it, it will never be done. It is not a disgrace not to reach the stars, but it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach for. And Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays knew what it's like to struggle. After break, I'm gonna give you some other people that know what it's like to struggle. If you're confused, lost, lonely, or feel like you're living in a foreign land, you are not alone. This is Scott B. Black, host of Like It Matters Radio. It's this crisis that created Like It Matters Radio in 2015. God charged me to bring hope to the airwaves by bringing clarity to the confusion and to help guide people to function at a higher level. We bring true therapy, and we need your help. Like It Matters Radio is now available to radio stations across this country. We need Like It Matters Radio in all 50 states, and here's what you can do to help. Please call the program manager of your local radio station. Ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. It doesn't cost them anything and will add value to their station lineup. If you have questions, you can email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. Our nation needs to hear this message because our beloved country is rapidly deteriorating and freedom is continually being quenched. Call your local radio station today and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio. Together, we can help others live their lives like it matters.
0: From Elk River to the Congo River and Cannon Falls to Niagara Falls, we're ringing liberty and truth. We go where you go. Stream Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit WorshipHouseMedia.com. That's WorshipHouseMedia.com, a division of Salem Media Group.
1: It's not a one-time event that you get something out of and then you go home. This is an application that I've been using and I will use for the rest of my life. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. I'm a recent graduate of Leadership Awakening. I've taken leadership courses from the military and work, and I've been on self-help journeys my whole life, but Scott Black's Leadership Awakening course is so different than anything I've ever taken or seen, and we all have the same kind of needs. I learned how to prioritize what was important in my life through leadership scott chops everything into bite-sized pieces so it's easily digestible the gift that i got out of that course was something that will be with me for the rest of my life everybody needs this it is life-changing
2: to learn when you can attend the next leadership awakening class in minneapolis go to likeitmatters.net that's likeitmatters.net
3: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters, inspiration, education and application. You know, we live in a world where they want to focus on the differences. America, I can't believe how racist America has become that it's the we're not openly racist. I I think we have the most racist person in the White House in 100 years, I'm stunned that everything's about the color of someone's skin. And I'm going to tell you right now that we might look different, but a majority about us is the same. There's far more that is similar about each and every one of us than is different. There's only one race. It cracks me up when I hear race war. There's only one race, but yet people make the color of someone's skin a race. That's not a race. We're a one race, a human race. That's just a genetic marker. Listen to this. Sharon Briggs, Senior Scientist of Applied Genomics, Helix, in a recent article called Genetics, says, quote, Genetics has proven that you're unique just like everyone else. Think about this. It made this statement. It's often said that humans are 99.9% identical, and what makes us unique is a measly 0.1% of our genome. This may seem insignificant, but what these declarations fail to point out is that the human genome is made up of 3 billion base pairs which means 0.1% is still equal to 3 million base pairs. What e- we each carry 3 billion base pairs of information inside of us with the potential to unravel a piece of the mystery that makes us all so fundamentally human. At the end of the day, we're all still more similar than we are different, but we are just beginning to understand how important our differences are. And so today, we're talking about struggling and to change our perception. Remember, no one responds to reality, respond to our map of reality. And if we think it's a negative connotation to struggle, then we will hide the fact that we're struggling. This is what's going on, why they got drag queens uh, dancing in front of our five-year-old kids, mandating it. This is why they're having secret sexual conversations with our kindergartners and mandating it, because You become familiar with things. And if you think something is bad, even if you're doing it, you don't talk about it. If you think something is good, even if you're not doing it, you talk about it. So this is what's going on. And so in order to go from a struggle bug to a goose, and I'll explain why that matters, is we got to have the same mindset. Let me give you an example. Let me share a story with you. I remember hearing the story, a lady went to the pastor, her pastor at a church and said, you know I, I I'm going to no longer attend this church anymore. And the pastor was surprised. He's like, well, may I ask why? I mean, you've been going here for so long, and uh, are, are we, are, are, am, I, am I preaching right? Oh, yeah, you're preaching right. Uh, do you like the music? Oh, yeah, I like the music. Then he said, then, then why are you going to stop attending here? And she wanted to say, you know, during praise and worship, you know, during your message, I look around at people, and I see people on their cell phones. And I see them, some look like they're gossiping, some are reading social media posts. And let's be honest, some just ain't living right. I mean, we know that. All I keep seeing is there's a bunch of hypocrites going here. And the pastor listened the whole time and was, taken, he was very silent until she finished talking. And, and, and he looked at her and said, hmm. And he's shaking his head yes. And he said, I see the problem. But can, can, can I make a deal with you? Just one, one thing I can ask before you no longer come to this church where you, that you've called home for so long. Before you make your final decision about church attendance, can, can I ask you to do something for me? I feel God, God's moving me to ask you to do this. Would you be willing to? And, and I think uh, not only are you doing this for me, but you're doing this for you, and I think I'll help you make a better decision. And so she said, sure, Pastor. Sure, what, what would you like me to do? He said, listen, and he took a glass of water. And he says, I'm going to fill it to the very top. And he says, here's what I want you to do. Something simple. I want you to walk around the church two times. And please, I I want you to do this while I'm up there preaching. I want you to do this uh, while I'm giving the message. I want you to walk around the church two times. But here's the key. You cannot let a single drop spill from the water or splash out of the glass. If you do, you have to start all over again. And either way, you cannot leave. Even if you decide to leave the church, you cannot leave until you've done this, walked around the church twice while I'm preaching without spilling a drop or splashing a drop out of the water. And then at the end of that, when you've done that, whatever decision you make, uh, I'm in agreement with you. And says, okay. So she said, sure, yes, I can do that. So she got her cup, filled it up, pastor's preaching, and she was determined to walk around that church without spilling any water. And then she was already knowing that she was going to leave. Once she did this, she was done. But she was going to fulfill this obligation, and then she was going to do this, leave and find another church that doesn't have so many hypocrites. Now, it did take her a while. She walked slowly. She was intensely focused, had to start over twice. But, boy, that third time, she focused. She was not going to do it another time. And so she focused on that glass of water. That was her sole focus. She walked around twice and did not spill any water. At the end of the sermon, when the pastor was in the room, she came back and poured it back to the pastor. It's done. I walked around the church twice without spilling the drop. And you said, after I did that, uh, whatever decision I make, you would uh, be in agreement with me. You said, yes, I did. But before you make your final decision about continued attendance, he said, let me ask you three questions about what you just did And I think these three questions will assist you in your decision on whether to stay or find another church. Three questions. Number one, did you see anybody on their phone while you walked around that time that you were successful? Number two, did you see or hear anybody gossiping? Number three, how many people did you notice that were living wrong? Well, she said, I didn't see anything, Pastor. I mean, be honest with you, I wasn't looking at anybody else. I was so focused on this glass, so focused that I wasn't going to let the water fall. I got to be honest with you, I didn't notice anybody else. So I, I, I can't answer any of those questions. But my clear answer was no, I didn't see anybody on the phone because I wasn't looking. No, I didn't see anybody gossiping because I wasn't looking or paying attention or listening. And, and how do I know if anybody's living wrong? I was too busy focused on what I was doing. Anybody get a big smile on their face yet? Because in the story, the pastor started to get a huge smile on his face. He then responded, you did well, child. You were focused on the right thing, and you were committed with your effort. And then he went on to say, when you come to church, you should be focused on God like that. You should be focused on your relationship with him like that. You should be focused on how you can do better, how you can get closer, how you can be the person that God has called you to be. So that you don't fall, or that when you do fall, you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit again. See, we are to keep our eyes on Jesus, not on others. We see others, we look at others to be a light, to be a helping hand, to be the only Jesus they might see today. See, that's what he can be to other people. And so that pastor gave some good advice. You gotta focus on yourself. And this is the part of struggle. We live in a world today where we play the victim. We live on the drama triangle. If you don't know what the drama triangle is, Google it. It's by Stephen Cartman, with a K, K K-A-R-P-M-A-N, Karpman. There's the persecutor, there's the victim, and there's the rescuer. All three enter from the, the, the savior level or from the victim level, and they're all negative. When we stumble, we blame someone else. When we see someone has a different skin color and they have more than us, we're told to hate them. We're told that they got it unfairly. We have become so racist. We become so pathetic in our thinking. Poor me, woe was me. It's not fair. I didn't get my fair share. We gotta start putting our big boy pants on, big girl pants on. Struggles part of life. Look at a diamond. Do you know a diamond is carbon, dark, same thing as coal. But it must it goes through high temperature. It goes through intense pressure that's pushing it through the dirt, through the miles of ground. Through the years, this process of pressure, of stress, brings this crystal transformation that becomes the diamond. God's making diamonds through our struggles. But we've got to know who we are, what we're here, why we're here, and whose we are. How about a pearl? A pearl is produced inside clamshells. A clamshell will usually settle on the seabeds to get food from its surroundings. And once it's open, it creates way pressure. Particles to go inside the shell. Sometimes dirt gets in there. And dirt creates an irritation. And that shell's reaction to the irritation that produces a tear-like particle on their muscles, which grow and become the pearl. A pearl is a product of irritation, of irritations, bad vibes, discomfort. So is the diamond. In our struggle, God is making diamonds. When we get knocked on our butt, we learn how to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and hit again. We must learn to fell forward. We must learn to embrace our struggles. When we learn to overcome, when we learn that we are more than conquerors, and then we can face the two biggest things our God, the two greatest commandments in the Bible, is to remember and do not fear. So, Dan, like it, remember, uh, my like it matters radio, I want you to remember that you're an overcomer, you're more than a conqueror. And remember, do not fear, because you were made for greatness. I am Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does.